small town, only 100,000 people. Those 100,000 people may be different in many ways, but there's one thing that brings them all together, the Green Bay Packers. In Titletown, the blue collar city only knows hard work, tailgating, championships, but more importantly, they know family. We have a saying in this town, faith, family, and the Green Bay Packers are all that you need. Sanjay and I grew up in Green Bay. You could say that we are Green Bay, or even better, the voices of Green Bay. We bring a local feel of Packer fandom to a worldwide audience. Friendship, family, and football. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Freezer Podcast. This is the Freezer Podcast, where we bring you a local field pack of fandom to a worldwide audience. I am Sanjay, and alongside me, like always, is Fred and Matt. And we are live in our home studios, brought to you by Art Tech Ventures and brought to you by Lakefront Brewery here at Game On Wisconsin. And uh, it is a victory Monday. Uh, it feels good to say we are back on the game track because there's no more buys. We have football throughout, unless we have a first round buy in the in the playoffs. But uh, before we get into the game and stuff, it's good to see Fred and Matt back in the studios. Uh, it's it was it was very lonely. Uh, it was great to have Maggie, but it was lonely to not have you guys there. So it's good to have you back in the fold and talking Packer football again. It's great to have you back on a victory. Uh, as nervous as that could have been uh, in that first half, but. Uh, real quick before we get into the game, guys, uh, your thoughts. I know, obviously, Fred, you have so many memories, obviously, with Grandpa and your dad. But, like, just want to get your thoughts because you guys weren't able to talk about it last week, um, you know, being gone. But just your thoughts overall on this rivalry. Obviously, you know, Aaron has made it very clear that he loves the rivalry. But, like, just watching that game and just seeing some of the games that you've probably seen over your time between bears and Packers and some of the heartbreak or some of the amazing comebacks that we've seen um, just kind of like rate where this one kind of came into the, you know, the rankings of other Packer bears games for you guys. uh, And just kind of your overall thoughts on the, on the, you know, the rivalry itself. Yeah, I don't, um, that's a, uh, wow. We're going to open up with a banger, dude. Hi, how you (laughs) been? I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah, yeah, I was well, not prepared well, yeah. for that at all. No, it's great. Oh, drinking good, uh, his blue, good. purple crush. Okay. Yeah, well done. Um, <laughs> I don't know Julie how Packard. I would uh, how I would rate this one necessarily because I don't know yet uh, if it was con- if I would consider it to be that great of some of the, the legendary games that have happened between right. obviously it's the tough. Packers and the Bears. I mean, there's just been so many great ones. I mean, you're looking at the oldest rivalry. You're looking at you know, Chester, you're looking at BJ Raji. I mean, there's some, some Randall Cobbs. I mean, there's just some legendary moments, even in just recent past, uh, between these, these two rivals. Um, and it's been a little diluted over the last say 30 years, uh, in our favor for the most part. Um, there's been a few teams here with Chicago that have been pretty decent. Some really good defenses that have come through. I have absolute respect for them. Um, but for the most part, I would say the Packers have had their number. And I think the record now more than ever shows that we've, we heard last night, Collinsworth and Michaels talk about it. Um, 
and how we've taken that record over. We've taken the wins over. Uh, I think what we're we're three games, I believe now, or two games away from having the most wins ever, and as an NFL franchise, which is yeah. a gnarly stat that I never have paid attention to. Besides, when I heard that last night. Um, but as far as the rivalry in general, right? So when you talk about uh, just rivalries in a whole, I mean, there's nothing better. There's no better one ultimately than the Packers and the Bears. Um, and even though those sometimes have not always lived up to be great, uh, there's it's still just an incredible rivalry. It's, they're close cities. There's a hatred there. Um, but even still at that point, there's been some time where, you know, I think it's gotten lost. I think Minnesota's taken that, uh, ship for a few years. And I would say probably is even still at that helm right now. I don't think Chicago's proven worthy to really, uh, in two and, you know, entice and induce that rivalry like it used to, you know, back in the, the era where it was a little bit more even ground, I guess you could say was, was probably where it got a little bit, a little bit more intense. Um, I'd love to see Chicago get back to that point. I think that they have a lot of, uh, a lot of question marks, a lot of weird players, but I'll tell you what, man. And I know we'll get into this, that, that young quarterback, uh, there's something there potentially, I think we'll have to see how that all gets laid out, but, uh, the rivalry it's, it's legendary, man. And, and I know that my grandpa would always say that, uh, he loved the, the the rivalry, but he hated Minnesota way more. And that be, that actually was more of a rival to him than Chicago. Yeah, this, uh, you know, the, like Fred kind of pointed out, the rivalry, maybe has been kind of lopsided. I mean, particularly for folks of our generation. I mean, we haven't really experienced, you know, the rivalry as it was maybe in the 60s, 70s and in the 80s. Uh, the Packers have been pretty dominant through the, you know, the last three decades uh, between Favre and Rodgers. You know, but there's been some epic games, man, throughout the years, um, you know, most notably in recent recent memory, you know, the Rodgers coming back from the, uh, you know, the knee injury, you know, the Cobb throw uh, to, to win the division a few years ago. Obviously, the NFC Championship game, this game that just happened pretty, you know, pretty high up there. Um, so so I kind of look to the old timers, you know, our parents, people maybe the, to uh, tell us stories about how that rivalry was back when they were kids, because I think <clears> it's probably a little bit more intense. I went to some people, I uh, went to school in Milwaukee, I lived in Chicago for a few years, so I, I've known... Uh, a lot of Bears fans and people um, who like the Bears, you know, throughout my time down there. So the rivalry still means something to me because I have a lot of interaction with those people still. And it's nice to have that upper hand that uh, the Packers are still just as dominant as they were maybe back when we were in college. But um, nonetheless, man, still fun, still fun game to go to. People still, you know, circle this one on the calendar. So uh, maybe some year it'll even up a little bit. But I think as long as Aaron Rodgers is around town. You know, we know who's uh, who's taking this rivalry. I had a Absolutely. few, I had a few buddies that were there, and they said the crowd was buzzing, man. They said the yeah. uh, atmosphere was electric. People were jacked up, like it was, you know, a much bigger game than I think any one of us, and even maybe some of the Packers initially thought were. Uh, you know, they didn't <laughs> take it as well, big as a, a game. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that, obviously. But man, it sure, you know, the the crowd seemed pumped. Everyone seemed excited, and you know, it turned out to be quite a roller coaster of a game yeah i mean obviously extra motivation this week i mean they've i mean i think we've all you know beaten it with the dead horse with the i own you stuff but like i think maybe that was probably their motivation of saying like look yep. we're tired of this and they did come out obviously uh with a little bit of a you know spunk to them um and a little bit more uh diversity from uh, i think it's what what's his office coordinator uh bill laser right bill laser yeah. yeah yeah so a uh, little bit more uh, creativity uh, by him in the offense and getting kind of destroyed by uh, Jakeem Grant Sr. 
So that was interesting. But obviously, and it, if we might as well just, you know, rip the Band-Aid off right now and get it over with because, I, you know, as much as we love to talk about this, uh, as you can see in the title of our show, the special teams still suck. And that is obviously the highlight of this game. We'll talk about the offense and the defense and how they basically saved us. Uh, but for the most part, the special teams was the fixated part of this entire game where you were just in in disbelief, uh, uh, baffled, uh, t- embarrassed, um, just angry, whatever feelings you were feeling uh, throughout the game. Uh, Matt, you're, I, I know you were obviously in our chat this uh, hilariously putting your, uh, your, your thoughts and opinions, but uh, special teams, your thoughts on it, it was, it was pretty dismal. I don't know if we could ever in our lifetime say we have seen so, such a poor performance other than maybe like, a, you know, the, the awful days of a Mason Crosby where he's missed, you know, uh, numerous kicks, but of the whole unit being so bad um, <laughs> and being highlighted as the thing that people are like, whoa, is that going to be the thing that costs them in, in, in bigger games? Well, I, I, I said it on Twitter, and I'll, I'll keep saying it. I'm like, this this unit is so bad that they actually have the potential to hold them back from not just winning games, but to make it to the, the Super Bowl. And this is a Super Bowl team. They can go to the Super Bowl and win it this year, but their special teams is so bad that it makes you pause. I mean, I have to be honest. I've been watching football my whole life, and I don't know that I've seen a, a start-to-finish worse <laughs> special teams performance in my life i don't think there, there's been worse moments you know were uh really bad uh you know we could think of the seattle game where they dropped the sure you know the onside nope. kick. there's been worse moments but there's never been a worse 60 minute game played by the packers special teams i mean every single time they went out there something happened it was 40 yard returns 30 yard returns muffed kicks People hitting the ball on the chest and it going out of bounds instead of taking it the forty at the forty. I mean, and we caught was, a break on one. Like that's yeah, the problem. We it, caught a break. It the <laughs> only word rule. that comes to mind, and there's many of them, is just incompetence. It is just gross incompetence on their part. And this, and you can pin it on Mo Drayton. He deserves a lot of a lot of blame, and he should he will fall on the sword for this one. I mean, whether it's now or after the season. But I'm sorry, but the 11 dudes that are out there, they're getting paid a lot of money are dog shit. This I mean, (laughs) come on. Like this is this is some fundamental coverage stuff, basic things. And you you just cannot be that bad. Like I I can understand a a blown coverage or a muff punt (laughs) here and there. But game in and game out to be this bad. I, you're holding I don't your know. breath. I don't know what you're I, holding I don't your know breath. What to say about every it. Yeah. every moment they're out there. And I and I floated it on Twitter and I was kind of half kidding, but maybe I'm not. Don't even put anybody back to field the punt. Just take it wherever it bounces out of bounds or, or it comes to a standstill <laughs> and just rush 11 guys. And at, at that point, it's like whatever. I mean, I'd rather just give Aaron Rodgers the ball at some point in the field than take my risk on someone muffing the punt. Fred, it's tough because that's like <sighs> That's the one thing you want to just be able to say, hey, we're going to be okay. Like basic basic chicks, like just, just do your job, basic (laughs) stuff. Like, and like the only person I could, okay, I'm not even going to get into it. I was going to bring him up. I was going to bring him up, but I'm not going to talk about him. Don't do it. It's going to make you really mad for the rest of the night. Taking the high road on this one. But to Jordan's point here that he brings up, I mean, yeah, it's so simple. I think for us to look at it. And I know I initially jumped out of the gate and said, fire Mo Drayton and I think there's a lot to be said about what Mo Drayton's doing because as a whole 
special teams in the field goal unit, special teams in the punt return, special teams in kick return. All levels of special teams are bad right now. So you have to put some blame there on Mo Drayton because as the person who oversees that, it is trash. So fair enough, it is a big part of Mo Drayton's part. But to your part, Matt, these guys are still going out there and supposed to be filling their lane, supposed to be executing and attacking the ball. Um, and they just look childishly lost. It's super strange. Um, it just, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I've, I watched a few obviously of them, you know, as, as this is the guy who usually when the punt the ball, it's usually when you go grab a beer, right? You don't go, you don't watch the fucking special teams, but <laughs> now I got to watch the special watch, teams because yeah. I got to be worried about some I mean, jackass doing some yeah. stupid shit and I don't like it. <clears throat> and so it's like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch these gunners. I'm going to watch this guy. I'm going to watch the ball. Like, and you're like, what the hell are they doing? Like, well, I don't play special teams. I'm not a special teams genius, but I can look at that and say, that doesn't seem like probably the best situation here. And, and I don't expect, listen, we grew up in an era, right? I grew up in an era. You grew up in an era. We all grew up in an era for the most part, unless you're 15 and watching the show, which I guarantee you're not, where we we saw the Devin Hesters and the Dante Halls and all these great returners, right? So we have, we're, we're thinking in our head, yeah, this is, this is how it should be, but that's a different game now, right? It's just about getting the ball, catch the ball, and we can't even do that. So to me, it makes me think, man, Devin Hester's like a god. If he could catch Wait. it and he could run it and there was blockers, right. what is this? this... Like, again, apparently there's a reason they call it special teams because well... you better be pre- either special on one spectrum where you're really <laughs> impressive wow. or you're special on the other spectrum where you don't really know what you're doing out there. And that's a concern. This is Brian. Honestly, Brian Gutekunst's best year as an executive. He's had some incredible ads, but one one spot he absolutely fell flat on his face was return returner. I mean, I think that they thought Omari Rogers was going to be something. He's been absolutely nothing. No. I don't know what Malik Taylor, what he's doing back, ever fielding a kick. I'm sorry, but there's got to be five or six other guys in the team I'd go over him. What they really need to do is go out and get someone who's just a designated return man and need to go to Mason Crosby and say, if you don't kick the ball out of the back of the end zone, <laughs> I'll find someone that will. You yeah. should never put that ball in the play. And I, the coach will say, well, you know, it kind of forced them. Yeah, but when you can't cover the kick, it's it's a moot point. That whole tack doesn't work if you can't tackle anybody. <laughs> right. I mean, go back to that punt return. Well, that should have been a tackle inside the five-yard line 10 times out of 10. And he goes 95 yards for a touchdown. He goes backtracks. He backtracks and he goes on the sideline. Like that, an angling, well, angle tackle. At what, what point I, at, at what point do we – why don't we ever have uh, a Jakeem Grant type guy? Why don't we ever have some little no, dude, some guy who looks like a much skinnier Sanjay – same height and who can run like a Ford 140 like these guys. Like, did you see that guy run? Yeah, did he was a missile. Run? Well, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Why couldn't we have that? Why can't we just say, hey, you know, we what? did instead of we did instead have of drafting, like that. We instead did. of drafting some random ass wide receiver out of Wichita State in the sixth round, let's go draft some little speed demon from South Florida. The priority's not there. Life. Like we've been so fixated on fixing this defense, fixing this offense, and you know, giving all these weapons that they I mean, we had a guy like Tyler Irvin who we felt a little good about. Where's he? Call him up. I, he ain't got no job. But like the, the other thing I just really want to quickly say about the special teams is the fact that you have continually for 12 weeks been dog shit. So, like, yeah. okay, if there was if this was the only really bad game, I'd be like, oh damn. 
They better fix some stuff. But that it's been continually been like this all year round. And so I'm not sure, and I've said this before constantly, the Seahawks did it. I'm almost considering you put some of our starters in the in that special teams unit because at least I have a somewhat, you know, confidence that they're going to at least make better angles on tackling. They're at least going to tackle, and maybe they're going to make a play, you know, some way, shape, or form, and maybe I don't have to worry about holding my breath every time, the, you know, the special, uh, special teams unit's out there. But – I'm really just at, I'm at a loss. I, I really don't, I'm, I don't even know. I, I, I didn't, I did watch the press conference, but I think I missed it. Cause I thought it was like maybe the first question. Did anybody even ask about the special teams unit immediately after the game? I don't even know if they did because I, well, I they, did watch and I may have missed the very first question, but I don't think anybody asked about it. And I think it was just like, Oh, we, we know they fucked up, but well, they I asked just, about if he was going to get rid of Mo Drayton. and he just said, no, I'm not going to do it. Oh, okay. Okay. So I don't know, man. I, I guess we'll just have right, to hope ask, for the best. Let me but, ask you this. All right. Let, let me ask you a two-part two, two question, not necessarily related. One, if you have the opportunity to put anybody back there, right? No holds bar. Yeah. One, who are you putting? And two, this is the second part, not related, but what is your thought process on advancing the ball there? Like, I feel like you got to be able to advance. Like, I, it worked in our favor, of course. When you, yeah, it's a stupid when you rule. It's a stupid rule. But it's a stupid rule, right? Like, it's it's really just, if you muff the yeah. punt, you should be able to jam it yeah. down. Like, yeah, yeah, you screw up. Exactly. Listen, if you just screw, take it. Yeah, Not my problem. That shit up. That's your problem. Yeah, exactly. Right. Thank you. Okay, as far so who as you put who back there? Take it. I, who who EQ? you put back there? I mean, I don't want MVS. I don't want Lazard. Okay, hey, listen, listen. You got one pick. All right, that's yeah. EQ. I'll go EQ. You got Matt. Devontae Anybody Adams, in the world. just tell him to fair Stop. catch it. Just catch the Stop. ball. Just catch Stop. the ball. That's it. Don't care. Nope. Don't even run it. Just catch it. Fair Stop. catch. Catch the ball. All right. I, I will beat you it. on all these. Even it's, Goot. Even Goot says no. <laughs> He'll it's never Aaron do it. Aaron Jones, hands down, yeah, with his speed, of... his versatility, his ability to catch it, guarantee it. Super Bowl champions. It's a different type of catch, though, man. I mean, you've seen. Oh, I get it. Clearly, nobody can do it. Some of the greatest. To do it, and it's like you find out that like Tremont Williams is amazing at it. You find out like breaking. you know, it, there's got to be some. Is there a corner that you can gotta, do it? You got to. Is have, jo you Jamar Jean, Jean Charles good at it? I don't know. You got to have you, some. You got to have some big cojones. Is Razul Douglas because that guy clearly can do everything? So maybe put Razul Douglas back there because he's you, got the best hands in the entire secondary, and he's just wanting to always catch the ball. Maybe put him in a punt return because that's where bring, we're going to go next, and that's the defense because that defense. Gave us a little bit of a worry, right? They gave us a little, a little, it was a little nervous, you know, wreck in the beginning. Uh, yeah, nobody wanted it. I mean, <laughs> I think that should be kind of funny. Uh, the defense obviously gave up its little, you know, couple uh, big plays. Obviously, the, I think it's Demir Bird, I think. And obviously, Jakeem Grant Sr. on his little end around thing, or sorry, from, from the backfield. That was a little disappointing for me was those two kind of plays like that but for the most part at least in the second half i think they held them to six points or was it i'm pretty sure they only had six points at that second half i would think um but i just don't know if this team can and we talked about this right away in the chat is we can stop them right away i, I do like kicking the ball immediately so we can get the ball at half and we're getting the stops and I think that's kind of a big thing that we haven't seen in this defense uh, maybe early on and even last year was we let a team just kind of march down. They get their early three points or they get their early touchdown. And to get those couple stops immediately, like I've seen these last couple games, 
has been so huge because then I'm like, okay, offense, let's do this. And we'll talk about the offense's slow starts afterwards. But I do, I'm really impressed by the way this defense has really like kind of just figured out what they, what their identity is and where they, you know, where they stand as far as like a unit. And I'm, I don't know about you guys, but Matt, your thoughts at least overall on the defense. Razul Douglas is clearly the MVP of this. Yeah. I mean, I had, it's a, He's having a really good last like few games. I think Devondre Campbell could maybe be argued as like the you know the big MVP right now for this defense. But um, your thoughts, at least on last night's performance, your thoughts at least on Razul Douglas and what he really does mean in the secondary. Yeah, I mean defensively, you know, I thought the second half really redeemed the first half. You know, I thought maybe they had a little bit of rust coming out of the bye. They weren't exactly uh, flying around the ball. I, I mentioned to you guys it looked like they didn't have a lot of juice. You know, you can tell right away when the Packers come out if they're going to have that spunk or not. I, I think it took them about a quarter and a half to sort of <laughs> to sort of get with it. Um, but initially, you know, they gave gave up some big plays. You know, they got that that stop immediately in the first drive. I think the, the they got a first down or two, but eventually made them punt. Um, but but even in if I look at the game as a whole, I'm not like too concerned about what happened. You know, I thought the second half they put the clamps on and they really and they only held them to three points and, and they they you know skunked them pr- pretty well. Um, I don't have a problem with Justin Fields running around. I don't think they necessarily put a an emphasis on trying to stop no. his legs. Right. No, not at all. I mean, it was a lot of opportunistic run, you know, rollouts, and and they happen to be there for him. Um, but I mean, when you look at this team going down the road, and, and you know, we've always been talking about you know the playoffs, what they're getting out of Rasul Douglas. I mean, he, honest to God, guys. I mean, I know you'll probably back me up on this. He could have had four pick sixes in the last two games. He definitely had a second one in that and uh, last week, and he had a second one this game too. I mean, he is. Like someone just mentioned in the chat, a magnet to the ball. And, ball man. and I don't know if it's this, it has to be part of the scheme. Obviously, his skill set as well. People keep asking, well, how did he, how is he, was he available? And it just sounds like he ended up on the right <clears throat> scheme with the right coordinator right. who was going to allow him to do what he does best, which is maybe be more of a corners, uh, uh, a zone corner and let him kind of, you know, sit back and read the quarterback's eyes. Um, when you factor him in, you know, obviously Eric Stokes, you didn't hear his name much yesterday, nor did you hear Allen Robinson's name. Right. He he was lights out. Um, really no Bears receiver other than than uh, the little shifty guy. Was it Bird that scored that long one on Henry Black? Yeah. I, I can forgive that. That's just the Bears being smart and taking advantage of a, of a, give of a player one. who's. Yeah, exactly. Um, but between those guys, Devondre Campbell, you're still getting great. You know, the, the pressures. Uh, Preston Smith, man, we haven't talked about him. Unbelievable season so far. 27 yes. pressures in the last couple of games. I mean, he is absolutely having a year. So defensively, I feel pretty good all in all and the game's over. Obviously, first half, some stuff to clean up. But the fact that they went in, made some adjustments, sounded like Preston Smith gave a pretty hearty uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, halftime speech to the, to the troops. Whatever he said definitely worked because they, yeah. they were lights out. And I'm top, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to be excited about this defense. We talk about it every week. We seem to find something new that excites us, something new that kind of triggers us. Um, I'll start right out with the, the cornerbacks. The Packers cornerbacks caught more passes last night when targeted in coverage than Bears wide receivers. So think about that. All right, Justin Fields, when targeting Stokes, Douglas, and Sullivan, he was one for 10 with two interceptions. So the Packers had more reception. I mean, that's absolutely insane. And we're talking about this these those three in general right now right that's technically your third fourth and fifth going into the season uh corners um when you look at obviously Jair being number one and Kevin King was arguably number two um but when you look at what could happen here in the future with Jair Stokes playing at Jair level uh in his first year pretty much at this point 
And then you have someone like Russell Douglas, who's just been absolutely um, electric and, you know, a catalyst, if you will, for this defense when it comes to giving that spark. I mean, that pick six was at the perfect time in the right moment when things were not looking the best, when it looked like it was going to be more of a dogfight. That seemed to happen, and then everything kind of started to unravel and kind of start to go the way that we imagined it to. Um, I'll touch as well on, you know, Justin Fields running around. I think that's the the one thing that the Packers were like, well, we'll just let that happen, right? Yeah, like, yeah let, they didn't, like, they didn't just care. let him do his thing. He'll get around with it. Um, and he did it, and he did it well, and he's a good runner. He's very smart. I think he he, he made a lot of decent plays last night. He doesn't make a lot of stupid plays. Um, kid's got a good future, but he's got a long ways to go, especially with that offense and that that group of guys around him, unfortunately. Um, Gary looks so frustrated because Gary was so close so many That's times. So many sex, Kenny, yeah. Kenny Clark looked very frustrated because he felt the same way. Um, so, you know, you could see that they were getting to that point where they were ready to just to, to demolish this Chicago offense, and they did so. Um, and they got pissed, and they used it, and they they dominated again with a very uh injury riddled defense and i think that is just absolutely fascinating and and i'm i'm so excited to uh to basically see how much better we get and when new people coming uh back or not new people coming back with people coming back how much better i mean it's just going to be insane right and i do think yeah big shout out to kenny i mean he had some pretty good some pretty good plays actually in in there that he actually stopped on on Justin Fields, which I was continues to play really well, man. Thoroughly pre- impressed by obviously Devontae Campbell and the whole, I mean, yeah, the whole unit itself. And it's like, it's nice when you never have to talk about our safeties. I never, I, I don't ever hear yeah. a blip about Adrian Amos. Yeah. Sometimes Savage gets beat, but he's making a play. I think a lot of the times where he's, he almost is like this close. Like we saw in the Cincinnati game, or we've seen in the 49ers game where he's making a play and yeah, maybe he gets beat on it. But it's it's him trying to be like a a baby Nick Collins, right? And it's like I love it. I really do love his his speed around the game. Um, I and, think they also I think they put a lot of faith and trust into those safeties, right? And so it's a very much a like if you don't if you're not right on every single move and every step you take, you could get really burned. But that's the defense that they built is that we have respect, we have trust, we have faith in those second that secondary and that safety group um most importantly so they they just kind of let it roam and so there's opportunity there where you're going to have that you know we saw that against LA we saw that against this week 90% shutdown two big plays both games you know that's all it is um if that's what you're going to give up in a very high octane NFL I can be okay with that I can be okay with that we're not going to go out and blanket teams we're not going to go out and shut out teams it's just it doesn't happen in this world I mean even for God's sakes Kansas City played almost a perfect game, and they even still let up points to the Raiders. Well, so and also, you know, it's just going to happen. Consider the the special teams. I mean, I think the average starting field right. position for the Bears was probably the take 40, away that special. Yeah, you, I we mean, really, right. exactly. If the special teams wasn't as bad as they were yesterday, I mean, they they probably win by twenty points at least. Yeah, might have been the closest we got to a perfect game this year. I yep. exactly for, the four quarters thing, and we'll talk about it in a second. But as you know. Game on Wisconsin. As you know, we as the Freezer Podcast are always brought to you by a couple of uh, great partners. And the first one, obviously, is Artec Ventures. So check this out. The Freezer Podcast is brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal at Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. 
Since 2020, Artec Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. Artec Ventures. I love that those clips that we have in there were all against the Bears. <laughs> like the Domicon one and that Raji. I get it was like perfect timing. Like I, I think that's really well, nice. Well, that's, that's up, how right? I did it. But yeah, and it was great job. because I, I, my favorite part about that is that I just watched um, Matt just sit down there and go. Just watching. Just thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about that last guy we saw on that uh, on that great ad was Aaron Charles Rogers. And what a performance uh, by a guy that seems to be actually getting worse with injury, which is terrible to hear. But I mean, if he's throwing four touchdowns on him, you know, a worse toe, uh, I feel like that's kind of cool. But uh, nonetheless, an amazing performance by him. Um, I have the stats here, obviously, uh, 439, or sorry, 341 total yards. And then to have only eight incompletions, I mean, that's like absolutely insane in a game of like this kind of magnitude a division opponent um, have four TDs and the TDs that he threw were just magnificent balls. Just like just great touch to it, yeah. obviously. Um, but Aaron doesn't obviously, you know, seem to disappoint us in anything that he does, uh, other than maybe like the occasional like weird throw. But we haven't seen that those weird throws in a long time. Actually, I feel like since 2019, I think he's gotten really better at those. Um, but this was like a performance. I just feel like he just wanted badly. Like I think he knew that the Bears game was just kind of like, all right, it's fun to beat him in Chicago, but like to do it in Lambeau and to do it in front of the crowd that you, you know, that you love and you love doing it for your, you know, your other teammates. I just felt like this, this whole, like this whole game, he, he was battling and he just wanted to have this one and he wanted to have a good performance. It just looked like the, the moxie of the swagger that he was like holding that whole game. Yeah. There was a, a couple of frustration, you know, uh, possessions in the early first half, but you know, that's fine. And, and let's talk about that more specifically, Fred, uh, the, the quick starts. I know we had this little conversation and maybe this is, you know, like you had mentioned, maybe this is not that team anymore that they just, you know, go ahead and score right away. But I, I do find it as like a, as a weakness, uh, as far as, especially some of those big game, uh, big games against bigger, bigger opponents that don't have a problem scoring, um, where if you're not going to get the, the, you know, luxury of getting the ball at half or getting the ball, you know, sorry, or obviously kicking immediately and then, you know, playing defense first. If you have to start with the ball and you can't, you know, generate any sort of offense, you know, to start it off, I don't even care if you like, you know, oh, uh, you know, get to the 45 and then maybe you have to punt. At least you're done putting them, you're pinning them back, you know, on the inside there, 20, 30, maybe whatever it is. But the fact that you like going three and out, like, you know, to start out is always like a little, iffy to me and i i maybe i'm just you know spoiled because we've had so many cool years where we're just like driving up the field and we get the touchdown and it's awesome to start out 7-0 but fred your thoughts at least on the starts uh that we've seen in the last like seven weeks or so even though we're winning the game and that's great uh but your thoughts at least on the first quarter because i know matt's biggest stress every week is can we play four full quarters uh we got about two we got about basically uh, like two quarters maybe two quarters and like a 16th of the last you know second quarter because we did score on that last drive but your thoughts fred on the start um yeah i mean obviously I, don't get me wrong i would love for us to have a great start i'd love to have a perfect four quarter game don't get me wrong it'd be beautiful uh the fact of the matter 
remains though is I guess I would challenge. I don't know. I'm sure I could probably drum some up and I'm sure you guys could as well, but how many other teams out there are you watching have complete four quarter games, right? right. I mean, yeah, you see some tough. of the best talent right there. I mean, Tampa had a great game and I can argue that they weren't a four quarter team uh, this last week. They had some, some roughness going on in that first quarter as well. Um, I, that being said, I mean, that's me making excuses. It is what it is. My other excuse would be that the Packers, I, I appreciate that they did that. I appreciate that we gave up as many points as we did because it probably bought Matt Nagy a couple more weeks. So let's keep them around. Let's keep doing that. So props to them on that one too. Um, it's a win. Yeah. It's I mean, like a win for it's, us. it's, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of concern, but it's not like a pull the fire alarm yet kind of concern. No. It's just one of those things that, yeah, you, you're just, you're waiting for that moment where it becomes too much before it becomes a little bit too difficult for us to come back at this point, we have not seen that yet. We've seen Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Aaron's just one of those guys, right? Maybe Aaron's one of those guys who plays better f- with his back against the wall coming from behind. I mean, I know for myself, not comparing myself to Aaron Rodgers in any way, but I've always been a better just student, worker, athlete, whatever you want to call it, whenever my back's against the wall, time's crunching, things like that. So maybe that's when he Impressive. thrives. Maybe he, maybe he feels because he's so smart, because he's so intelligent, he's so impressive that that's when he feels the most challenged. So that's when he gets uh, the most out of himself. I don't know what the answer is. And I'll let, I'll let Matt get into it. Cause I can, I know he wants to talk a lot more about it than I do, but I guess my, my bottom line here is that um, I guess until it actually proves to be an act, an issue to the point where we lose a game because of it, um, I'm going to just hope and pray that each week we put a little bit more of a chunk to it and we get to more of that fourth quarter game. But if we don't play a great first quarter, but we play a really good second, third and fourth quarter, I'm okay with it because I I can also say, I can also, I could also argue before Matt says something that Matt's biggest problem years prior were that we couldn't close out games. So I will argue that point because I love you. (laughs) Well, I mean, I agree that it's really not practical to expect, I mean, any offense, much less the Packers to click for four straight quarters. I I don't think that that's a realistic thing. I think my problem though, is you, we have, we're through what 13, 14 weeks now. I don't know, maybe one or two games where they came out and and maybe scored in the first drive, but it was a staple of their team last year. So I want to know what changed. What are they doing in that? I mean, they were so potent when they had their first 15 scripted. Nobody could stop them. Um, And and then something changed this year, and they've been just three and out punts or, you know, they go, you know, a couple first downs and punt. Um, But as you guys know, I'm all in on the Super Bowl. It is Super Bowl or bust. And so my question is, if you're not going to be starting fast, how are you going to deal with it when you get punched in the mouth in the, the divisional round? And you're down 14 or 10 right away, and you got to go ahead and, and try to defend the, the Cowboy receivers, or you got to go up against the Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I mean, that that's where I'm looking at right now. I don't care if you go down 10 nothing to the to the, the 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 Bears in Week 13 or 14, but but you'd like to see them come out a little more on fire and ready to go and score some points in uh, to start the game and, and again to get that leader not playing from behind all the time. I will say that they finally have a defense that can get them the ball back that can settle in and, and force the other team to punt allowing Aaron Rodgers extra possessions and to catch up. But I'm not, I'm not sold that they can just survive doing that into the playoffs. I think that they're going to have to change something and be a little bit more productive on those first two drives to try to garner some points, and not fall behind. 
Yeah, I, I remember my my uh, Matt Lafleur was kind of mentioned that he has those like twenty five plays, right? Like they're obviously the script, right? And maybe there's something in their defense because obviously the the defense has their you know script that they'd like to probably go with, or they kind of see what the offense is giving them, and that's that whole adapting, right? And we always thought, oh my god, we don't know how to adapt to the game, you know, in the second half, like we were mentioning before, and like we you know lose a big lead, but. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe like, okay, there's some of these plays are not kind of working the way that we thought they were going to go. And then that's where Matt LaFleur makes those adjustments. And then he kind of changes things up. Obviously that's that whole illusion of complexity in his, you know, in his plays. Maybe those first few possessions are the, the illusion. And then, you know, the next plays actually start working, you know, the different kind of formations that we see that they're the same, but actually a little bit different start to work more in the second slash third, fourth quarter. Maybe that's, maybe that's kind of like what they, you know, feed upon, but you're right. The, it is a little weird to how you were good a year ago. And now this year it's just completely like uh, a weakness and that you're just kind of not inept, but like, it just feels like it's like, you're just, you know, clawing and scratching just to get into the red zone and you know even in the red zone try to score out of there so uh fred any lasting thoughts on that yeah let me ask you this because it's it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a year of a freezer podcast if i did not ask this question (laughs) is there any chance maybe that those uh those great first 15 25 that they used last year that were so successful they decided we're going to keep those for the playoffs and towards the end of the season and use them in the playoffs instead of, you know, blowing our load in the first couple of weeks. I know that's crazy. I know it's conspiracy no, feeling, no, but I is there any, it's... is there any chance that they thought, Hey, we have some really good 15 to 20 plays that we feel super confident. I mean, super confident that we can easily go down and march down and score on any team. Why would we use those against Chicago, Detroit, teams like that? Why don't we save those either A, going into the playoffs at the end of the season to kind of get the motors going, or B, once the playoffs start? Is there any truth behind that? Well, you did hear him say in that fourth down call where he took him off the field, he just didn't have the call. Like, And that that's the weird thing right there. Like, okay, it's the Bears. You don't really have a call for the Bears, which I'm fine with. I, I, I was for the field goal. I, I thought take the points see what your defense can do and get you the ball back. But I do feel like he probably just has a plethora of plays. And we are also heard Rogers say one of their touchdowns was, a you know, a drawn up in the sand kind of play, right? Like one that they used back in, what did he say? 2000, like eight or something. Was it? I don't even remember, but like, it was a, and it wasn't even a play for you know Devonte because Devonte apparently was supposed to be on the other side in other plays that they've done it before. Matt said, and that's usually for someone else. So yeah. it is interesting how some of these plays have actually you know worked for us in some of the big you know the, in the big plays and some of the big scoring plays because we've heard that Rodgers has made up some stuff and then we've you know heard Devonte say, hey, that was something that we looked back at you know in 2014 or something and it kind of caught a caught our eye. Matt Lafleur said in his press conference that hey, if they have an idea and they want to throw it at me sure let's do it so it seems like there's a lot of freedom in the play calling so maybe you're right maybe they do just have some stuff that they just want to completely have lock and key and keep it for the playoffs i don't know well and honestly like is there like we've been to the nfc championship right now two years in a row uh aaron Rodgers has to go home and and think about that for an offseason we all did we all struggled through it is there any chance that he comes back and he goes into LaFleur's office or he sits down with some of his main guys and he says, what can we do different? What can we do different to get over that hump? 
uh, the, the roster's not changing per se. We might get a guy here or a guy there. Someone might progress a little or someone might get hurt. But what can we do uh, from a, a coaching standpoint or from a standpoint of play play calling or game planning mm-hmm. that can give us an edge going into the playoffs? And maybe that was let's save some of our our favorite plays or some of these plays that we think are really great for those moments. Now, my argument against my own self here on that would be when I watch the playoff games, I don't ever see anything weird. I always see like basic shit. So I'm always like, well, I thought they were going to save some really cool shit for this game and they never do. So that would be my own argument to myself, but you got to think that there's something kind of there a little bit because you're right. Like there's just no way the talent hasn't changed enough to just not be able to do the same thing you did last year. Uh, Matt, you want to, you want to add anything to that? I mean, I, I, I don't doubt that there's probably some plays, you know, in that playbook that they're definitely pocketing for the, for uh, some unscouted looks in the playoffs. No doubt about it. I think my, my Connor argument would be, well, you're, you're a juggernaut offense. How not, <laughs> how could you not lock into a couple of opening yeah, drives when you man. just went down the field? I mean, come you on. Got all like... these all pros, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you really need 15 Wendy's? Yeah. Diner yeah, fucking, right. uh, yeah That's I why it. I wouldn't I mean, say, yeah, why right. do we get all these hot starts? We have all these guys we keep naming and it's like, what, what, what is wrong? We have it on paper. We have a good, Yeah, we shouldn't, we yeah. shouldn't even really need to do it through elaborate plays. We just, should just sheer yeah, will. Like, you're well, just better than hey. the other team. All right. Well, when we come back, we will talk about the sheer will of this team and see what we can do against a hobbled Baltimore team. Um, Because you know what? We're kind of hobbled ourselves on the O-line. We'll talk about that with our resident offensive line uh, person, uh, Mr. Frederick Thurston. So don't go anywhere, guys. This is the Freezer Podcast. The Freezer Podcast is brought to you by Lakefront Brewery. Lakefront Brewery is one of Wisconsin's largest crafter breweries. Since its founding in 1987 by brothers Russ and Jim Cleish, Lakefront has earned numerous awards and created many industry firsts. Currently, Lakefront Brewery offers more than 20 different beers in 30 different states and several countries. Lakefront Brewery tours are among the most popular in the United States, with over 100,000 taking the tour yearly. Unlike most brewery tours, Lakefront was one of the first to offer beer before, during, and after the tour. Brewing flavorful, high-quality craft beer has been their passion for over 30 years. They'd love to tell you their story over a pint and a tour the next time you're in Milwaukee. Visit lakefrontbrewery.com to schedule your tour today. We are back. Thank you so much again for joining us on another hour edition here on a Monday. It's, it's the case of the Mondays, but it's a victory Monday and you get to hear us for an hour before you check in on this uh, uh, huge game, obviously in the Monday night game um, between LA and Arizona. But thank you so much for giving us a little, like 15 more minutes and then we'll get you guys off. But um, you know where to find us. All of our Twitter handles are, I know, I know. I just, I just heard that. I heard that back. I rewound. And I, He's like, don't react. Don't react. Don't react. I, <laughs> I, I saw Fred. I saw Fred do it. And I'm like, I looked at Fred first to see if I could react to it, and then he did, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. I saw your face. You had a pre-react to it, Matt. I yeah, saw I the like, Matt. Yeah, I saw it. Good. Yeah, I saw it. Your one eye got cl- a little bit more closed, and I'm it like, did. you Speaking of one eye. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, anyway, you know right, where to find us Bring it back. You know where to find us on Instagram, on YouTube. Uh, also on Facebook at the Sweep Studios, um, we have all of our content there. Obviously, follow us on Game on Wisconsin, where we are here every Monday at 7 p.m. And obviously, there's a lot of great shows on throughout the week, uh, especially even a big highlighted one with a fellow Packer, uh, Mr. MBS, and their show on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. So definitely check everything out 
um, that is Under the Sun with Game on Wisconsin. And uh, check out our merch, too. We got some cool merch out there uh, on our website, and I'm sure we'll get that uh, link posted for you after the show here. Uh, but check out our stuff. We can get some freezer podcast stuff that you'd like and uh, any other shows that you you follow. So, guys, it is Baltimore week. It is the anticipation of knowing if there's going to be one Heisman Trophy winning quarterback uh, under the helm of the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And this is a road game uh, in Maryland. And. We're going to be kind of, I mean, we're, we're not limping in, but we're, we're kind of limping in, right, with our offensive line. I mean, I don't know what we're going to have out there, um, you know, going in, but maybe we could get some help coming back. I don't know. We'll see what happens this week with practice. But uh, I just want to get your thoughts, Matt, real quick. Baltimore Ravens, this is like a weird, like, I always, like, I think any AFC game, it's always like, well, shit, we really don't have much of a, you know, we never have a rivalry, but we never really have, like, I've never seen really a great, great game out of Baltimore, you know, out of the Baltimore matchups. We've seen the the big Cobb uh, touchdown, the big Jordy touchdown in Baltimore. We've had a, we've had some success against Baltimore, actually. Um, but, Matt, your thoughts on these AFC North games, uh, which we are technically, uh, <laughs> undefeated in right now as as we stand um with the Bengals and the Steelers but Baltimore your thoughts on their team their injuries they're pretty depleted um and on the road with our injuries your thoughts well injuries is the biggest one I mean they're other than the Packers I think probably the Ravens are maybe the more you know devastated team by injuries I think they have more IRs I would argue the Packers have more significant players but the sheer volume of guys that the Ravens are missing I mean it's just you know other than Matt LaFleur maybe you want to say that uh you know uh, John Harbaugh doing a really fantastic coaching job I mean I, they're they're doing their best to overcome some of the stuff and now to be dealt another one with Lamar Jackson is really difficult uh early word is you know they're kind of optimistic about it it sounds like he's got a good shot to play you know whether he's 100 percent or not that's that's different. I've rolled my ankle and I'm not Lamar Jackson or have <laughs> uh, access to world-class uh, doctors, but I will say if you ever rolled your ankle, I don't know how you could possibly, even with treatment, get out five or six days later and go full bore. I have no idea. At a high level. It's painful. It's, yeah. it's painful. Um, but this game guys is kind of the last one we all had uh, circled on the schedule. I mean, this is sort of like, Hey, if they can get a win here at Baltimore, they're sort of looking at running the rest of the table here and having a legitimate shot at that one seed. And I know we've had a lot of talks about that. Um, but but any road game, you know, is going to be interesting. It's an uncommon opponent. So this isn't necessarily a team you're really familiar with. It's going to be a lot of reliant on, you know, uh, film study and kind of going off your instincts a little bit. Um, Green Bay coming off, you know, a couple of really nice wins here. You know, they're dealing with their injuries really, really well. I think that where they are still potent is a problem for Baltimore. I mean, they're going to have to deal with Devonta Adams. Their top, uh, their top corner is out for the year, so that's going to be a difficult matchup uh, for whoever draws that one uh, uh, come Sunday. Um, but, but I, I just, I feel like if Green Bay can go and handle their business, this is a very winnable game. It is not the Ravens of you know five or six years ago where they have you know, just an absolute lights out shutdown defense. I think that they can be had offensively. I, it's going to, it's going to depend on it's, it's going to depend on Lamar Jackson. If he's not out there, it fundamentally changes the game and how you, how you defend the Ravens. If he's in there, obviously he adds that element to the ground game. You know, he's slippery and can get the ball out quick. So going to have to watch that. Um, I'm just going to assume he's going to play. 
Um, and for the first time in a long time, I feel like we're equipped to handle a running a running QB. I mean, I, I didn't think I know Kyler yeah. Murray kind of had an ankle problem when oh. we played him, but he he by no means got off on us, you know, and um and, and made us look, look bad. See what you did? <laughs> Inception. Inception. <laughs> I'm glad you did that. You know what? This is great. This is a great moment that I'm not the only one that has Freudian slips all over the place. It's you too, Jensen. I'm a human too. Uh, So, but I mean, I don't know. You guys kind of agree with me there. You feel like this is kind of hinging upon whether Lamar Jackson's out there or not. I mean, I feel like that's going to be the whole thing. If he's out there, this game's different. I mean, he's the best player on the (laughs) team, man. Like, there's (laughs) no... There's no question about it. Um, yeah, it, he dictates whether or not they win the game. Ultimately, yeah. right? I mean, there's just there's nothing else to me that says, you know, this team could contend without him as much as this team saw could scare me. You saw with it last him. week. So yeah, <laughs> we're gonna um, look at Rashad yeah, Bateman. Yeah, there's a big deal there. I, I think obviously I, I would I would be shocked if he didn't play. Um, I will fully expect him to play. I will fully expect him to be in a situation where he's probably like at 80%. We'll still see a very good Lamar Jackson. And I expect it to be a lot more of a tough game than I think most people are going to give credit to Um, because this is going to be a really good opportunity um, and a really good uh, coaching experience for Lafleur because John Harbaugh is going to come out and John Harbaugh is going to unleash hell and and throw the book at Lafleur, and he's going to do a whole lot of different shit defensively offensively they're going to do a lot of weird it's not for them it's a big game um it's a game to kind of remind people that they're still around this is a classic situation where everyone's written off the ravens they don't seem to be a good team anymore the afc is in shambles and you know what if the ravens come out and beat a 10 and 3 green bay packers team who looks really good that changes the entire MO of the NFL. Right. Everything gets flipped upside down. People start questioning Green Bay. Ravens are back. Does it actually mean anything? Probably not. But it just seems like one of those situations that I could see happening. And it doesn't mean that I think that we're less uh, of a team than Baltimore, that they're better than us. I just see, feel like that's something that could possibly happen. That being said, um, we still come in light years above their talent level on almost every level of the, of the game well, um, an offensive. Well, an offensive <laughs> line. I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that. Um, there's something to be said about when you put, you know, a guy like a John Runyon and a Royce Newman and a deal and a Kelly with all that hair flowing in the wind and all that, you know, white manliness that's some serious talent out there on that offensive line. And I'm actually very impressed with what they're all doing because we've seen Yash now be just a pretty much damn near flawless when right. it comes to going against defenses. Um, Runyon's played really well. I think, uh, you know, Royce Newman's had some great moments. I mean, we're not seeing holding calls. We're not seeing them get beat and have to tackle guys and bring them down to kind of, you know, save the situation, you know, yeah, there was a couple plays where Rogers got taken down. It was early in the game. It was against Chicago bears front seven. You know, it's, it's a very good one. Obviously there's some people out, but it's still a rivalry game. There's going to be a lot of switches and then everything settled in and there was nothing right. Then there was no real issues. There was no real pressure. And you also have to accredit the fact that 
we're talking about a guy who is notoriously pretty good at holding on to the ball sometimes when he doesn't necessarily need to hold on to the ball. So sometimes those sacks can be a little bit misconstrued into a covered sack and just Aaron Rodgers holding on to it. Um, I guess my thought process or my thought to you guys or my question to you guys is Lamar Jackson comes back. We, we just talked about not having any concern about a running quarterback yet. We've not had someone who runs as fiercely and as reliant as Lamar Jackson. We've seen Kyler Murray who can run, but likes to throw it. Lamar Jackson usually will choose run first. How do you feel about that when it comes to, um, you know, putting a spy like Campbell on them and just defensively being able to uphold that. I, we thought we were going to see maybe a spy on Justin Fields because we were kind of like, well, I thought so. do we, do we really trust him in with his arm at this point as a rookie quarterback? Is he really that accurate? I think the biggest knock on Lamar Jackson is his throwing ability and understanding right. that maybe we do need so do you to play just him the same his... way you played fields. Right. I mean, well, maybe you do. I'm, I'm trying to think of it in like a, a reverse psychology where you are putting that spy on him and understanding like, look, we're not going to let you run. If you're gonna, if anything, beat us in the air. And if you can, I know um, Iowa Joe's comment here, us against tight ends. I know that is actually, uh, you know, a pretty, I feel like we haven't seen a good tight end since, you know, uh, Kittle. And I don't even think Kittle played that game. Right. So I think it was Tyler Higby, honestly. So, I don't, we haven't seen a good tight end in a while uh, yeah. against our defense. So I guess we'll see how Mark Andrews does because he is a good one. But I, yeah, honestly, Fred, to answer your question, and I'll let Matt answer it, I just feel like you do let him throw. Like, see if he can beat you. I mean, I don't know how he's going to test that that ankle. I mean, we'll see how good he feels into the game, but I just don't know he's going to be running all around the place. Yeah, I would I would rather live and die by, you know, having him throw the ball. And they do have a pair of receivers, you know, Rashad Bateman, a right. lot of Packer fans are familiar with that name. You know, he was a huge uh draft crush from a lot of people at receiver and would have looked nice and green and gold if I'm being honest. And obviously is Hollywood Brown healthy? I know he's been kind of in and out. Yeah, but, I'm sure he's he'll a be there. he's a speedster, you know, he can get behind the defense, you know. Um, but but to Sandra, to your point, I think it'll depend on how confident he is in the ankle. If he's going to play, obviously he's going to have some type of clearance to run, and he's not going to be a total liability. So I think the fact that you're not going to get like a 100% Lamar Jackson is is a good thing. I would still spy him. I would still make sure he's not killing you on the ground because I know they let Fields do his thing, but Fields is going to try to drop back and pass first. And I and I know. Jackson, you know, is is doing better than that and and trying to throw more, but he definitely is a huge threat on the ground, and you can't let him run wild like that because it can get away from you pretty quickly. Um, you know, it, I think Campbell's probably up to it. Maybe you put like uh, you know, Henry Black or or even someone down in the box there to kind of keep him in a spy. I'm not sure what they decide to do, but I think that that's the way I would go, and I would make him have to beat you through the air. Well, we gotta get some predictions and we gotta get our little uh Spiel here because you know what? We have a game. We have some injuries, but they have injuries. We have a Hall of Fame quarterback. They have a pretty damn good one, too. I don't know if he's Hall of Fame yet, but he's definitely uh, he's an MVP quarterback. So, uh, Matthew Jensen. Okay. Ravens have a lot to play for. I mean, they're in a dogfight for the AFC North. I mean, we have to play the Browns the week afterwards. I think there's a game that separates the 
between the two, I know that Cincinnati's right there. Even even the Steelers with kind of their issues, they're sitting right there. So they have a ton to play for. And frankly, so do we. The Packers cannot lose another game. You're going to have to end this year with uh, with three losses to have a shot that one seed. Um, so to me, they got to be licking their chops here and viewing this as a, as an opportunity to to go ahead and take one step further to to uh, achieving their goal. I love what Green Bay is doing. I, I don't think Baltimore is by any means playing their best football. I think that they're honestly kind of in a bit of a in a bit of a lull. They struggled against some bad teams. You know, Detroit. They needed a, a long field goal to beat them in the end. Uh, I think a few other teams that they should have you know handily beat and they they struggled. So that said, I still expect to take their their best shot. I think that they still have a, an aggressive defense. I think John Harbaugh will have a great scheme. Uh, to try to take the Packers off of bounce and and make them do things they don't necessarily want to do, but to me this is a game you got to exert your will. You know, relative speaking, we're pretty good on defense in terms of health. You know, maybe you get Jair back um, this week. We don't know. I think offensively, where you know you want to look at is how is the offensive line going to hold up. I don't have a reason to think that they're going to collapse this week. They've been great all year long in terms of relief and playing out of position. Um, but this is a game to me where you need to. Uh, we just talked about it. Go ahead and score first because I try to want to make them get out of their game plan, whether that ends up looking like. Um, but I just like the way the Packers are playing. I like the confidence the offense has. I love the swag the defense has, particularly in that second half last game. Um, so I, I'm no shocker here going to pick the Packers to win. I don't think it's going to be a necessarily a, a high-scoring game. I think that um, the defenses may reign, reign supreme here. But I'm going to go ahead and take Green Bay 27, uh, Baltimore 20. Interesting. Interesting, Matthew Jensen. Very interesting. Um, I will see your win, and I will double you up on that because I, on the okay. other hand, think that the Packers are going to rain hell on the Baltimore yes, Ravens. Yes, please. Um, I think that they came out of this game. I think they just came out of beating Chicago, putting up 40-plus points, and just got that swagger back that they were looking for offensively, finally eclipsed where they were trying to get to. Um, and I think things are rolling. I know there's some offensive line issues, but I don't think that for once this entire year, which has been riddled with offensive line issues since week one, have we ever gotten on this show on a Monday and said offensive line was terrible. Well, okay. Maybe one game, but um, that would be, that would be it. So I think that they've always answered the call. I think offensively, I think Stenovich, I think uh, Hackett, I think Rogers have all come to a very good agreement on how they need to succeed. So that being said, I think that it's it's just going to be a, a really good offensive game. I think defensively they're going to shut them down. I think we're going to see uh, the Ravens implode a little bit, and I'm going to go Green Bay 44, uh, Baltimore Ravens 28. Yeah, baby, 40 burger. Hey, if they go back to back 40 burgers, man. Talk about rolling at the right. They time. owe us. They owe us like six. So we've been. Dude, if they go back. They, they go. If they go back. If they go back to back forty burgers, uh, I will pick something out of this room and I will give it to a fan. Yes. Right. Go pack. Go. How about them apples? All right. Uh. Spicy. Yes, mother. It's an, yes. it's an interesting game. I mean, first off, let's just say. They got the special teams ahead of us. They got the best special teams coach <laughs> in the history of this game uh, in John Harbaugh. So they already got a leg up. Um, and Onside I, kicks. Go for it on fourth down. Yeah, man. I think there that might go. be a mind. I, okay, I'm going to predict this right now. There will be a fake field goal or a fake punt 
on us because after what we just gave a blueprint of, oh, yeah. any team is a free green light to do whatever the hell they want no. to our special team. So I, I don't, <laughs> I'm going to put that. I don't know what I would bet if they do or not, but you know what? Here, you can have something on my, mm. in my room. Uh, <laughs> I just don't know what the special teams unit's going to do. And I'm a little nervous about that because you got the greatest kicker of all time, probably in Justin Tucker. And maybe he'll find a way to like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, throw a pass into the end zone like uh, uh, my, uh, Matt Prater did against us. In, in Fat Lambo. Matt. God. But I do have the Packers winning this game. I have it closer. I, I would love to be on that 40-burger with you, uh, Fred, but I'm not going to go that way. I'm actually going to say it's a really sh- uh, like low-scoring game, actually. I'm going to think it's going to be 17-10. to 10. I think Rodgers, I really hope that this injury is not any – I mean, I know. We just saw him throw four touchdowns. I get it. And that's awesome. But that was against the Bears. And on the road, hostile environment, I just still I, I really hope that this offensive line can hold up because I really just don't know, you know, what we're ball. gonna see. I mean, they only had, you know, obviously Billy Turner went out, you know, I, I think tail end of the second, right? I think actually mm-hmm. even maybe early third. Maybe so I mean third, yeah. He came I mean, Dennis Kelly only had to like, you know you know, do the third and fourth quarter, that whole stamina and, you know, having your legs underneath you for a full, full, you know, full, you know, 60 minutes. That's a, that's a tough ass from a guy that hasn't touched anything. And he hasn't touched a blade of grass all year. So I, I'm not trying to say like, we're going to, you know, it's going to be, you just think he doesn't hell. practice all week or what? Oh no, yeah. I'm sure like, he practices. What? Yeah, sure. Maybe he does, but I do like, think yeah. it's going to be a factor. So, and whatever we do on defense, I'm I'm actually pretty confident. I I'm that's why I think it's going to be low scoring. I think this defense can shut down Lamar. I think it can shut down their you know Rashad Bateman and you know their uh, Marquise Brown and also Mark Andrews. So we'll see how it goes. I'm going 17-10. We'll see what happens. Uh, Forty <laughs> burger. Yeah, you can have this empty can of Coke. You know, hey, Coke. Shout out. It's yeah, Podcast. Uh. But that's going to do it for us, guys. Thank you so much for watching our show. Uh, it is 801, but it is also the Rams beating the Cardinals right now. So it's huge for, obviously, Green Bay Packer fans. So go check out that game or check out the Bucks game because they're beating the Celtics. So uh, have a great week. Enjoy what this is. This ride is with the Packers. We are. It's great to have Matt and Fred back on the show. We'll be back next week like we always will. Uh, with that for being Christmas. said, that's. <laughs> exactly that's matt that's fred uh and you know what go, go pack, pack go, go. Pack, go. go.